First, I'd like to just welcome everybody for being here tonight. Just appreciate you being here and appreciate what God's going to do for us this week, what he's got to share with us this week about things in our life. Thank you, Father. Let's turn in our Bibles to begin with in um, Second, Second Thessalonians. Second Thessalonians. And this is the Word and Spirit Conference, and I want to talk to you a little bit tonight about the Word of God and your faith life. Your faith life is important, and, and you should you should uh, you should be paying attention to it constantly. I don't know. I, I've been a little uh, concerned the last couple of years. Of course, we you know as a pastor, you teach all different things. You don't think that you feel God wants you to do and to teach, and that's certainly appropriate. But I, I've been uh, I've been thinking a lot about my faith and thinking about people and thinking about things that I've I've seen the last few years, and I've been concerned some ways that people have not maintained their faith like they need to or have misunderstood something about faith. Now, we think about Word and Spirit Conference. We're a spirit people. We need to move in the Spirit. Of course, we just finished up teaching about the baptism in the Holy Ghost and the importance of praying in the Spirit and the benefits therein. And uh, so we don't, we, don't want to, we don't want to leave that out, but we're not addressing that tonight. I want to address your faith life. You know, you, here's something. You must take responsibility for your life of faith. And I, and, and I want to say that in love, but I want to say it firmly to you. You must take responsibility for your life of faith. You cannot take an attitude, well, somebody's going to carry me. Pastor will get it. My husband will take care of it. My wife will take care of it. My kids will take it. And that may work for a while, but you'll run out of something after a while. Because we have to take responsibility for our life of faith. Hallelujah. Now, I'm all for the moving of the Spirit. I mean, God's already showed me some things tonight. Other nights, maybe some things that will happen, you know, that God wants us to do and obey Him in. And I'll certainly obey that. But at the same time, this is the kind of thing that I've been studying and thinking about, for tonight anyway, about your personal faith life. So we're looking here at 2 Thessalonians, if you turned over there with me. 2 Thessalonians 1 and 3, you know the scripture, we've talked about it before, but let's look at it again. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet or appropriate, because that your faith groweth exceedingly. And the love or the charity of every one of you all toward each other abounded. So we can see immediately our faith needs to be growing too. But the point I'm making is, he says, because that your faith groweth exceedingly. And, and, and we could just even just leave off that, that, that uh, adjective for a minute. Just say your faith groweth. <laughs> your faith groweth. And so let, let me just uh, let me say this. You know, we, we have to not put ourselves down for what we're not, but we need to judge ourselves for where we're at. And we need to ask some pertinent questions. Am I where I should be? And am I further along this year than I was a year ago? And it's not just based on finances. It's a lot more, a lot more involved than that. So we're talking about your faith growing and not just financially. Uh it's not just imagining that you have faith. I think some people think, well, I think I got faith. Well, that's fine that you think it, but thinking it and having it is two different things. And then sometimes, uh, certainly, it's not pretending to have faith. 
know, a lot of people pretend to have a lot of faith, talk a good faith talk when they're around other people, but then you watch their lives and you realize, well, if you got it, where's it at? I mean, you know, we have to be legitimate enough to say, well, maybe I didn't have that level of faith. There's nothing wrong with stretching. I'm going to talk to you about that in a minute. But we, we got to we got to judge ourselves, Father. I need to know if I'm in faith, and I'm going to give you some criteria for that in just a minute. But it's not it's not pretending to have faith, and uh, maybe in a certain area or for a certain thing we do have faith. But maybe over here our faith is is we're out beyond our measure. We're outstretched beyond what we're we have the capability of doing, and then start pretending that we have faith and just talking a big talk. That's kind of like a bully, you know. When I was in high school, somebody would be a bully or in the military, you know. Anyway, so it's just a lot of hot air. But we need to know, it's actually, here's, I'm gonna get, I wrote myself some things as the Lord was dealing with me about this message. It's actually knowing on the inside of you, in your heart, that you have it. When you have faith, you know it on the inside. Now, let me say to you this way, if you don't know it on the inside, you don't have it. You could, I could tell you how to talk right, and anybody with common sense could listen to me and and start talking the talk. But, you know, when you know you have it, that's when you have it. It's on the inside, in your heart. Now, your, your mind, you can have it down here, and your mind try to talk you out of it. You know, your natural mind, the, the, your, your brain, your thinking abilities, and then, and then your flesh and circumstances try to take you out of it, try to convince you you really don't have it because you can't see it. But, see, when you know you have it, you see it. <laughs> you, you just... We don't see it in the natural realm yet, but we see it. Everything in my life I've ever gotten by faith, I saw it before I had it. I, I, let me say it different. I saw it before it manifested. Then when it showed up, I said, well, that's what I saw. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's actually knowing on the inside of you, in your heart, you have faith. Your, your natural mind may want to check out on you, but if you have fed on and meditated on the Word of God, you will know. It's not, well, I kind of hope probably, maybe, sort of. See, that won't do it. That won't do it. You remember Sunday morning, if you were here, I was talking about people, and I was talking about the baptism in the Holy Ghost, and I said, I have never had anybody that took the material home on the baptism of the Holy Ghost and speaking in other tongues and studied it out that didn't receive immediately when I laid hands on it. Never. Now, a lot of people said they studied something, maybe, and they didn't study it at all, or maybe just studied one scripture and let it go, go watch TV. Well, that's not that's not going to get it done. And, of course, nobody, I'm not trying to give you something that's not already yours. I'm not trying to force you to take anything. I mean, I'd like you to receive everything God has. Hallelujah. So let me read this verse again. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren and sistren, as it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly. Now here's something else to think about. Because he says that, he says that, I can say to myself, and you can say to yourself tonight, the capacity for my faith to grow exceedingly can work for me now. If you haven't maybe felt like it has worked, maybe you're judging it improperly, or you're not... You're not thinking straight about it. Don't put yourself down. I'm not here t- teaching this in a condescending way to you. I'm teaching this to you to help you achieve. Because faith is the victory in every area. 
And, of course, there's other factors that get involved. Sometimes it's your patience. You know, it takes time to get over into faith and get established in some things. Amen. You can hear a message and mentally agree with it because we're teaching from the Bible, and you say, well, I love God. I believe that. And I'm sure you do to the level you believe it. But I'm saying we can continue to feed on the Word, and our faith can continue to grow in any area and in every area until we're established in it. And then we can continue to feed over here in another area and get established in that. Hallelujah. <laughs> how, do, how do you know if you're in faith? Well, if you're worrying about it, you're not in faith. I guarantee that. And you, 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 you as a person or me, you know, you may not talk that way around me, but when you're thinking about it all the time, in a negative, fearful, worrying connotation on the inside of you, that's not faith. Let me help you to see what faith is, because we're showing you that so you know what faith is and what it's not. If you're always anxious about everything, then that's not faith. Well, Pastor, what do you expect me to do? Well, I, me personally, I expect you to believe the Bible just like me. It's what God expects of you. It's really important here, and He wants you to grow in faith. See, faith pleases God, not coming to church. Now, coming to church doesn't disappoint God because this is His house in the sense that we preach in His Word here and He's endeavoring to work with us here. So don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But just coming to church alone doesn't make you always get established in faith. There's some people occasionally will come, they pay, don't pay attention, don't take notes, sleep through the services, text mail, text. I don't know what all some people do. You know, it's pathetic. When there's such an important issue like this, and then go to a movie theater and, and, and get a giant box of popcorn and a huge Pepsi and sit there and act like that stuff's important. I don't get it. I don't get it. But anyway, we're talking about faith, and God thinks it's important enough. He dealt with me to teach you about it. I, I, you know, we could have went a hundred different ways here, and we would have loved to have said some, maybe some other things, but I want to say what God wants me to say. And he dealt with me about our faith growing and our faith growing exceedingly. Now, miss, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. If you've been in this church for any length of time and you've paid any attention at all, your faith is working. If you're born again, you automatically have a certain measure of faith that God puts in you. That faith has to be fed. That faith has to be nourished. That faith has to be meditated on and thought about and then released and acted on or it's not faith. It just lays dormant within you. But you do have some faith, but you've got to learn to continue to develop it. And there's no there's no place in the earth that I know of in, in my lifestyle, in my lifetime, or your lifetime, where you're ever just going to go sit in a chair or sit on a rocker and not have to use your faith. Unless you just want to become natural people. See, this is word and spirit. See, faith people are spiritual people. Faith people are word people. Word people are, are people that know the Word of God, and Jesus said the words I speak are spirit. So when we say Word and Spirit Conference, we certainly do mean some other spiritual things, activities happening, like the gifts of the Spirit, healing, deliverance, and things like that. But we also mean the fact that we're teaching something current that God wants us to talk about to you tonight and the rest of the services this week to talk to you about how, how to really be a spiritual person. Hallelujah. 
soul. Let me read it again. We're bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith, your faith, my faith, our faith, groweth exceedingly. Man, think about that. Your faith could grow exceedingly. Now, I did a little study years ago between First Thessalonians and Second. And I don't know. There's different scholars. They got different points of view. Don't get hung up on all that. But anyway, they said about a year. Others say different times. But I know Second Thessalonians is after First Thessalonians. I do know that. And so I'm saying that to say in the first letter, he said their faith was already spread abroad, that everybody said, man, that church got faith. But now by the time he gets to the second letter, he says, your faith has grown exceedingly. So whatever amount of time that was, it's, it's not the amount, but there was some time in there. That's the point I'm making to you. See, don't get hung up so much on all that goofy. Well, you know, was it an A.D. something or other? Well, yeah, it was an A.D. something or other, but you just need to listen to what I'm saying. Second Thessalonians comes after First Thessalonians. Between that letter and the second one, Paul said to them, your faith grows exceedingly, has grown exceedingly. So that says to me, if I take the time while I'm living in this time, then my faith will continue to grow and expand and develop and increase. Pretty soon I'll get established in things and in other things that maybe I was, that were unavailable to me at that time back then because my faith wasn't developed to get a hold of that. All of a sudden that becomes easy. All of a sudden that becomes available. Well, sure, I can do I don't see what the problem is. Now, God may tell you not to go after something if that, you know, if it's a thing or another. That's between you and the Lord, but at least you know I could have it if I wanted. trying to help you about faith tonight. Faith is important. You have to feed it. Now, let me show you something else here about faith here. Let's go to First, first Timothy chapter 4 here and verse 6. We're talking about faith tonight. And the word of faith, the word of God is the word of faith. And we made this comment. I'm going to say it again. You must take responsibility for your life of faith. You must take responsibility for your life of faith. You live in two worlds. I live in two worlds. And whether people know it or, or care or even understand it, it doesn't make any difference at all in the spirit world. You're living in two worlds. For those that are born again, we live in the spirit with God, and we live in this natural world. For those that aren't saved, they live in a demonic world, a spiritual world filled with evil powers that can get to them and take them out, manipulate them and drive them and force them. And then they live in this natural world. And in their case, both of them are negative. I mean, it ought to dawn on us after a while that some people trying to run the planet don't do a very good job of it. And I'm not talking about one incident. I mean, just pay attention. You see it after a while that people just don't have answers. That's why the Bible's so important to us and relevant. And God knew all this before we ever got here, what we'd be dealing with what we'd be exposed to, and he still made the provision anyway. He still made faith as the victory that overcomes the world. <laughs> and, and, and the word is still alive and relevant today, and, you know, as it's ever been. Now, I'm over here in First Timothy 4 and verse 6, and in this context, he's talking about the latter days, the last days, the end of time. And he makes this statement in verse 6. He says, uh, if you put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister 
And uh, let me, just before I read that, let me to show you what I mean by that. Go back to verse 1. I want to show you that I knew what I was talking about. Now, the Spirit speaks expressly or definitively that in the latter times, last days, some shall depart from the faith. Well, what does that say then? That the enemy is going to do his best to keep you out of believing God. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a judge a judger of other people per se, but I am a judge of uh, churches that that are doing things naturally. Smoke machines on the platform. Let's make this look really mystical. And all this is a bunch of dry ice or whatever new invention they come out with. There's no glory in there. You got coffee holders for your coffee. People eating donuts in the lobby. You know, let's go watch the show. I think there ought to be a show, but I think it ought to be a real show. I got angels working with me, and they're here tonight. They're going to help some people before we get out of here. They're not coming down on a wire. And that's all right if somebody wants to have a play, but we're not going to have dog and pony shows here for you because we're not here to entertain. We're here to feed, and that's a whole world of difference. I know you can tell me whether they're saved and getting people saved. They're getting people saved to their protocol. I doubt they're getting them saved according to the Word of God, for sure. Sometimes that people got an attitude now, the newer, the emergent church, that we're just, we're, we think different than we used to. Well, thinking different ain't going to help you. You can go take a class on Zen Buddhism or go down to one of the things in our local hospital about crystals or, or karma or some kind of stupid thing like that. They'll teach you how to think different. That'll make you born again. Making fun? Absolutely, I'm making fun of idiots that think thinking different is going to save you. No, renewing my mind to the Word would help my in my salvation, but I got to be born again first. <laughs> I did just come into a church and walk forward to the preacher and sign a document, and that doesn't make me born again any, any more than going to get my license and signing for it. it makes me a car. See what I'm saying? We, we're, we're, we're trying to help us to see. We're not down on anybody else, but I'm talking about what I see the Scriptures are teaching here, that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is teaching us in the last days there's going to be a real rivalry after people that have faith. Because faith is the victory, not churchianity. Not churchianity. Hey, you know, we got a churchianity mentality today. It says here, it says, many, or excuse me, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. What does that mean, doctrines? Well, anything the devil teaches through people, any kind of strange doctrine. Hallelujah. Now, I'm not down on the hospital for having other classes or some other goofy thing. I'm just being honest with you, though. See, but if I got up and said something about Jesus Christ, they try to punish me in a, in a secular setting. You see how lopsided that is? Do I need to go further? And sometimes they even let you use the word Christ, but they won't. Jesus is the deal right there. He's the deal. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anyway, it's just interesting to see how culture is what it's doing in people's heads anymore. I pay attention to all that and watch the subtlety and all that. I don't know if other people see it, but I certainly do. The Lord helps me to see it. And there's many that they drift away from the faith. 
Even people who go to church sometimes can drift away from the faith unless you're paying attention because the Bible says in Hebrews, some don't let these things slip. The context is angelic ministry, but there's a lot of things people can let slip. I mean, I'm shocked sometimes when I know somebody's been under my ministry for 5 or 10 or 12 years, and, and you ask them a simple question, and they talk to me like they never heard a thing that I said. I mean, I'm concerned for people like that. I mean, my, you know, my heart goes out to them. I, I don't know what, what the deal is, why they're not getting it. Because it's certainly being preached. It, it, it's alarming in the natural. Because, you know, people in a church like this where we're teaching about these things and giving good, uh, you know, good definitive answers to people that are paying attention should be understanding that it's my faith going to put me over. My faith is going to put me over in life. My faith in God. Faith in God is going to put me over. Trust in Him with all your heart and lean not into thy own understanding. People leaning in everything you can imagine but Him. You know, Jeremiah says in 17, I think Jeremiah 17, Cursed is the man that trusts in the flesh and in the arm of the flesh. So we've got to, go, we've got to judge ourselves and make sure we're in faith and keep ourselves positioned in faith. And make sure our faith is growing. And make sure nothing interferes with the growing of my faith. You get offended, you get offended, you don't get offended at me. I'm preaching the Bible. If you get offended, you're offended at Jesus. I mean, you know, I would like you not to be offended. But if you're going to be offended, just choke your own faith and go ahead. But your faith will not work for you if you get like that. If you get bitter and resentful and hateful and mean about it, uh, uh, not towards me, but just towards the message. I've had people say, well, I tried that. Well, that's your problem. You didn't do it. You tried it. <laughs> you can't try it. you got to do it. <laughs> I guarantee you, if you, if you go, uh, you know, go down to the gym and park outside and look at all the people running on the treadmills while you're eating your donut, drinking your coffee, you're not going to lose any weight. Probably just get bigger and bigger and bigger sitting in your car because you're just going to try it. And, and the devil talked to you before you ever got inside the door. But people in there doing it, they will eventually change their, their body and burn some calories and lose some fat and get their metabolism boosted and a lot of other things. You know what I'm saying? Because there's a big difference in trying something and doing something. I purposed 30 years ago, I'm going to learn to figure this out. I didn't understand it all back then. In fact, I knew very little. I mean, I was just struggling. When I had my first message I ever preached in a public arena in a local church, other than preaching to a couple teenagers somewhere, was only believed. And I don't even think I understood what I was saying back then. <laughs> Looking back, <laughs> only believed. You know, but, uh, but praise God, we began to figure it out with God's help. I'm trying to help you tonight. I hope I'm making sense here. Your faith in God will see you through. Your faith in God will cause you to be different than everybody else on this planet that's not in faith. You might look like them. You might seem like them, but you're not like them. If you have faith, <laughs> you don't think like them. You don't talk like them. Hallelujah. You're, you're a different breed. You've been bred for greatness. You've been bred for victory. You've been bred to deal with giants. You've been
you've been bred to, like one pastor said, one man of God said, I eat stress. Put it out there, I just devour it. Yeah. Well, praise God, there is stress in the earth. There's pressures and tensions and lot, But we don't, have to, we don't have to respond to it by cowering under it. We just take authority over it and move right on through it. Here we are, 1 Timothy 4 and 6. Remember, this is talking about the latter days. This comment is coming on the tail end of some things that I just mentioned. It says, If you put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ and nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine. Notice that term, nourished up in the words of faith. See, you could be nourished up in a lot of different kinds of words that are not faith-oriented words. Let me give you an example. You go to church. Well, you know, we believe in divine healing. Well, you never know what God's going to do. That's not words of faith. The reason you don't know what God's going to do is you don't know your Bible. You just don't know God that well yet. I mean, it's not a put-down. If people were intelligent, they'd say, well, maybe I don't know God as much as I thought I did. And we're not trying to downgrade people. We're trying to say, well, maybe you just don't know what I know yet. Maybe you don't know what I see in there. Because Jesus said, "Guy, he was just like you. He said, I don't know if you will. I know you could if you wanted to, but I don't know if you will. He never got under the teaching yet. The leper guy. Mark 1. And, and Jesus reached out and touched him. He said, I will. He didn't put any addendum on it. I will if you go to church, or I will if you do this, or I will. No, he just said, I will, and be clean. I mean, how simple can it be? And here's the thing, if he did it for that guy, the Bible says he's not a respecter of persons. He's a respecter of faith, but he's not a respecter of persons. So if a person meets the criteria of being in faith and asking a legitimate question, God will respond accordingly and give him the answer. Hallelujah. And that goes for anything we're thinking about. Are you learning anything tonight? Listen, we got to learn to get back to trusting in God with all our hearts. <laughs> trust in him with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. I've been there a thousand times myself trying to figure something out in my head. And it just spins your wheels. You know, it's like it, 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 it's like some of these young guys. They, don't, they haven't figured it out yet. I'm older and smarter. And they come up to the stoplight and they're trying to peel away, you know, especially challenge me in my BMW. First of all, they have no idea what's under the hood. I usually roll the window down and I say, you better take it home to mama. You don't want what's under here, bud. With the window up, usually. I don't want to start nothing at the stoplight. They got their Camaros, their Mustangs, and they pull up and they go, mine doesn't go whoom, it just goes wham. Trust me. Let's just say that I was going, no, I won't say that. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Nourished up in the words of faith. Oh, they burn their tires off, not realizing I'm going to have to buy new tires. See, they're just wasting the rubber, and they, they're, they're really for no reason. If police sees them do that, they'll probably pull them over and say, well, you, why are you acting like that? Yeah, ticket and tires now. Not only that, you might run into somebody if you do a fishtail or something. Then you got the insurance to do and all that, see? So why don't you just say, take it home to Mama and just act like you could have took them anyway. Drive on. 
normal. <laughs> you got to be nourished up in the words of faith. See, this is why we, it, you know, people say, why do you put such emphasis on it? Well, God put emphasis on it. He said, we're saved by faith, we're healed by faith, we prosperity is by faith. All the promises of God are by faith. Hebrews 11.33 are obtained. All the promises are obtained by faith. So I'd say that's pretty significant. Not a few of them or most of them or some of them or 80%. All of them. All the promises are obtained by faith. So when we talk about faith, we have to continue to be nourished up in the words of faith. Hallelujah. You have to continue to feed your faith. You know, once you use your faith, you extend your faith. You release your faith uh, 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 for something or against something. However, you know, whatever you're dealing with. Maybe you're dealing with symptoms and you're using your faith to move those symptoms off your body or off somebody else's body. And that takes faith to do that in your words. Your words are released, but there's faith in them, and that faith is expended away from you, and you have to replenish that eventually. Your, Your faith is not just endless. It has a cap on it depending on there's no limits to your faith, but you'd have to continually feed your faith for your faith to grow. This is my point. Even if I went and lifted weights for six months, I could probably lift more than I did when I started, but I still couldn't do what somebody that's been doing it for 10 years can do as a professional bodybuilder. I'm working out in my basement, you know, but that don't make me that person. They just got a lot more a lot more level of bodybuilding in them that's been built up over a period of time, and they're regular and consistent, and it's the same thing. But, you know, if you quit doing all that after a while, you'd get flabby. So it says with our faith, we can let our faith just flip around kind of and not take care of it, not pay attention to it. And after a while, it won't work for us like it's supposed to. It's it's supposed to be working for you and with you if you keep it fed and release it properly and act on the Word of God. It'll work for you. Hallelujah. Now, let us uh, let me see here what I want to talk about a minute here, here, here about, about faith. We'll take a little further. Let's let's uh, let's do this. Let's go to Romans 15 a minute. And I know that uh, we've had some teaching here. I think it was Pastor Nancy talked about this. I've talked about it years ago, and I know recently she brought an uh, excellent message on your faith is not bottomless and how to judge whether you have faith. And she brought this scripture out, and it's an excellent scripture. And I want to look at it again with you. Romans 15 verse 13. We're talking about our faith tonight, and that your faith can grow. Say, my faith can grow. Say, my faith is growing because I'm hearing the Word of God taught tonight. See, you are under the anointing of God, and your faith will grow. It'll, it'll, it'll expand. You'll catch a hold of some of this and, and, and so forth and so on. Now, here it says here, Romans 15, 13, Now, the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Notice in all joy and peace in believing. So if you're believing something, there's supposed to be joy and peace involved with that. You know, sometimes people want to believe for something, but there's no peace about it. And let me let me help you to see, don't do that. Don't go ahead and override that if you don't have peace. If you don't have joy. Hallelujah. God's not expecting you to do stuff you cannot do yet. He's expecting you to do what you can do. 
know, even in the giving realm, remember, I don't have time, but Second Corinthians tells that, that some will give more, some will give less, but everybody give what they can, and then that the need will be met. Pastor Diana mentioned that. She didn't mention the verse, but she mentioned the, the context of that kind of the principle. So we see that we're not supposed to do something we can't do, but all responding with what we can do. It's the same for our faith. Hallelujah. You know, some, we just need to judge ourselves sometimes on some of these things. I, I know sometimes if you're not care, careful, preachers, all of us, we can get around other preachers that have different things that excel in their life, and we can almost, if you're not careful, you get carnal, you get jealous, and I want what they got, and I want to do what they're doing. Yeah, but do you have the faith they have to do that? That's not very smart thinking for us. We, we need to stay within what God has given us to do. This case in point, you look at me, you say, well, there's Pastor Jacobs getting on his airplane going somewhere to preach. Yeah, but you have no idea what it takes for me to do that. You have no idea, none of you, unless you've done that already with your life and have been in the ministry and did it and believe on all volunteer people to help you. I don't got no corporation backing me, secular corporation. We'll underwrite that for you, Pastor. We realize how important it is for you to take your messages that right? You see what I'm saying? How about like GM? I didn't have my cup. What are you going to do for me, Senator? Help me. Bail out. Bail out. Bail out. Didn't take my tin cup to Washington. You making fun? Absolutely. Making fun of greed. I'm making fun of covetousness. I'm making fun of, of people that do stuff and screw everything up and then want me to pay for it. Absolutely. And I'm not apologizing for it. I was born one day, but it wasn't yesterday. No, that's not right. That's unethical. That's immoral. I think it's illegal. And anyway, praise the Lord. Let, let's go over here to second. <laughs> Talking about faith tonight. Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians chapter ten. Listen, look, I got something by the Holy Ghost today. Studying and praying all day. I've been at home all day. Never left the house. Just been at home seeking God for tonight. Hopefully it was something that will help you. That your faith, your faith, your faith will see you through. Your faith will see you through. Your faith, there is so much involved in your faith that will help you and bless you. Don't ever give up believing God. You know, there's some things I attempted to believe for and I was wasn't able to do it and I failed. Some things I attempted to think I had the mind of the Lord on, and I didn't pray it through enough, and I it didn't come to pass like I thought. But I never threw away God or His faith or His Word. I just kept on. I made the corrections, repented, and went back into it. And said, "Father, help me. Help me to be more, more, you know, more reflective about this. Help me to be more, more understanding of how to use my faith appropriately." I mean, I, God's helped me to achieve some wonderful things with my faith. Don't misunderstand. And I give Him the glory for it. And if I failed, it's been because of me, not because of his word, not because of him. But I never quit believing God. I just kept on saying, Father, you're helping me. I'm going to grow in this. I'm going to learn how to get this in order. And I thank you for it. So we found out something tonight already that two of the markers that indicate that you're in faith is you'll have joy and you'll have peace. 
So you might be stretched, but you still have joy and you still have peace. I remember I had so much pressure and it just on my mind. I mean, I could tell you a hundred stories, but this one stands out. And, and Pastor and I went to a meeting in Virginia to hear Dr. Dufresne preach. He was going to be there a whole week. We were there, I think it was four nights. I'm, I don't remember, maybe four nights and three mornings or something like that. So we got in this meeting, and I don't know, I think it was the first night or the second night. I don't remember which night, but I was so, I had so much pressure on my mind about something in my life. And I thought, I'm, I'm just going to forget it. I'm just going to let that go. And, you know, not important what it was. It was just something that was pressuring me. And I got in one service, and he taught on faith, and he taught on using your authority. And, I mean, it changed me. I, I mean, something clicked and went off on the inside of me like, like somebody trying to get into a safe. I mean, he had all the tumblers the Holy Ghost did inside of me. And boy, something came alive on the inside of me and rose up on the inside of me. And in that one area, I went in there kind of bent down. You know, I wasn't walking like that, but internally I was suffering from the pressure of it. How many understand what I'm... And somehow that word of faith, that word of faith came out. And my God, it began to rise up on the inside of me. And I got in the car and I said to my wife, I repent for thinking that way. I got it. I got a hold of this. I'm going to stay with it. I'm going to move it forward. And later I told doctors the same thing. Dr. Fran said, I want to repent. And, and of course, he didn't know what I was talking about until I told him. And then I said, but I may, I may go ahead and let something go later, but I won't do it under pressure big difference. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, you know, there's there's hope for all of us, help for all of us. That See, your faith, see what happened is that word of faith got in me and nourished me in a certain area that night. And, and, and I don't know, something rose up on the inside of me. And when I left the service that night, I was a different person. I didn't look any different on the outside, I don't think, but I was different. Something had changed. Something had clicked. Man, I got, hmm. Rock my world. Hallelujah. Jesus is like that. He's trying to help us. He's trying to help us. Now, what if I'd have sat there and said, I'm not going to listen. I'm just, I've already made my mind up. Or the word was coming. The word was truth. But I said, man, you know, what does this person know? People have done that to me before. Maybe you haven't, but somebody has, sitting out here in a chair. What does he know about all this? A lot more than you think. Been in a lot of places and a lot of situations that I don't have time to tell about. And my faith has got me through it. My faith has got me through it. Faith in God's got me through it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I thank you for it, Father. Say, my faith grows. Yeah, my faith's growing too. Here we are in 2 second, second Corinthians 10. Let's begin in verse 12 here. For we dare, not, we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves. See, here's the thing, people commending themselves about things. And he says, we're not very smart to do that. And then he goes on to say, and measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. They're not very wise. Comparing themselves among themselves. 
well, what about this preacher over here? He's got 500 people, and I don't. What about this preacher over here? He's got 50, and I got, what, 150 or whatever. That's none of my business. And that doesn't make the one with 500 any better. I mean, the one with 50 could be doing a better job than both the other two of us. It's not about just having a big church. It's about producing disciples. He didn't say go into all the world and make converts. Of course, they have to be converted first. But he said go and make disciples. Oh, that's a whole other animal there, a disciple compared to a convert. I don't know. I wasn't a convert very long. I decided I wanted to be a disciple. I didn't know those terms. Just in my heart, I was moving that way. Nobody even told me even explained it to me. Something on the inside of me said, I'm going after this. Just like I, just after I went after being a drug head and all the other stuff I did for the devil, I said, praise God, I'm sold out. I'm going to go after this. <laughs> and you know, people all along the way tried to talk me out of it. And people made fun of it. Like, you're just too radical. I'm only radical because you're not in my sphere of being radical. You're radical, all right, but it's about something else that I don't think is important. I mean, I hear guys, you know, getting paid, you know, $30 million to be a baseball player. And I'm thinking, well, that's radical. Thugs with money. And they're just going to buy more ladies, more dope, more parties, more, for the most part, and then give 100000 to a hospital and act like a hero. Come on, folks. What's wrong with that picture? We'll take your hundred grand to build a new wing, but let's face it, there's not much integrity there. When you're making thirty million, it's just, it's the whole concept in the world out here is crazy. They're, 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 the way they think about stuff and finances, just off the wall. And unfortunately, in the church, people. We're talking about faith tonight. Look at verse 13. We will not boast of things without our measure. This is read better this way. We will not boast of things that are beyond our measure or beyond our limit. All right? But according to the measure of the rule which God distributed to us, a measure to reach even unto you. In other words, what I'm saying to you is with our faith, let's, let's stretch into the fullness of our measure but not beyond our measure. Hallelujah. Verse 14, we stretch not ourselves beyond our measure, as though we reach not unto you, for we are come as far to you also in preaching the gospel of Christ. I know he's talking about reaching out geographically and, and having the wherewithal to reach more people and to travel and to get the word out, and there's something legitimate certainly about all that. But he's also telling us in here, I'm looking at it from a faith standpoint, that we're not to stretch ourselves beyond our measure. We're to stretch ourselves unto our measure. Let's say my measure right now is the size of this piece of paper, and I lay it in this podium here, this pulpit area. So you can see i got some stretching to do. But I'm not going to try to make it that big unless I just don't have any sense. Because this is the measure that God's given me. I can stretch into it. Now listen, and everything I'll ever need is in this measure. But you can see what some people do. They're going to try to bite that off 
the first time they hear a faith message, and then they're going to fall flat on their face, and then they get mad at the message and the messenger and the whole thing about faith. That's just not smart. It says here, let me read on, not boasting, verse 15, not boasting of things beyond our measure, it says without, or beyond our measure, that is of other men's labors, but having hope that when your faith is increased, he's talking to the people he's ministered to, that we shall be enlarged by you according to our rule abundantly. See, when, you know, when we have, like as a pastor here, and have uh, people in the church, the sheep, and also in my traveling ministry I have partners, and I think we used this scripture, did we not, recently, Brother Sean, to send out a, a letter to people that's only right. I'm in covenant with people. How many get a hold of that? And so this is what he's talking about here, but he's still talking about staying within his own measure. But he has faith that when he ministers to people and people get enlarged by the ministry he's brought to them, that they will reciprocate, which would be normal. But he's still talking about staying in his measure. And then he goes on to say to preach the gospel in the regions beyond you, verse 16, not to boast in another man's line of things made ready to our hand. But he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. For not he that commends himself is approved, but whom the Lord commends. It's not that, you know, you're justified because you, you feel something in your own self. It's just the Lord commends you that puts you over. His stamp of approval on our life. His stamp of approval on us. His, that he says you're qualified to do that. Hallelujah. Boy, that's rich. I like that. So we start where we're at and where we're at right now today, and we continue to stretch our into tomorrow, and eventually we're going to get to the place where we're in the fullness of our measure. Hallelujah. I like that. Let's go over here to Hebrews. I'm just about done. Hebrews 10. I've been talking about your faith growing. Hopefully it's helping you. Don't ever get tired of hearing things about faith. It's important that you realize what that, that faith is, a, is vital. It's a vital thing. Remember, we've talked for a couple of years now to Philippians, that one verse. I keep getting more, more messages on it about learning to sense what's vital and of real value. And I keep going back over that because there's something in that the Lord is endeavoring to continue to feed me and nourish me on. So I'm judging things now. Is this of real value in my life? Is this of real value? Is this the thing? You know, and I'm evaluating things to find out what is of real value. Hallelujah. Now we're talking about faith. We've already established the fact that our faith can grow. And here we are in Hebrews chapter 10. I want to read verse 38 and 39 says, now the just, and I wrote in my Bible, the believer, because that means the righteous person, the person who's righteous through the blood of Jesus. I'm reading all that into Hebrews because it's in here in this chapter, but he gets to the end of this chapter and he says, now the just or the believer shall live by faith. Notice he's going to live by faith. He's not just going to, let's do be careful, he's not just going to have a faith project, just a well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go do this, or I'm going to go buy that, or I'm going to go believe for that. And there's nothing wrong with any of that. But this says, I'm going to live by faith. I'm living by faith, day by day, moment by moment, whatever it takes. I mean, you know, my goodness. I know I've been standing in faith for some things about my body. 
in the last several months here. And I haven't said a thing to anybody. That's the first time my wife's heard of it. And I'm not even going to go into detail with you. But, I mean, just recently I could tell a little change for the better. <laughs> because we've been living by faith and been saying by faith. You know, we call that healed. We call that well. We call that I'm redeemed. I remind myself I'm redeemed. I'm strong. wonderful when you get to a moment in time, if you got my DVD, you, you listen to it, somebody's anointed to help you, it should have inspired you, but you know, I, I'm not always just having a dramatic thing like that, I'm just living by my faith, every day, and every day I get up and I say, Father, I thank you, somebody's anointed to help me today, now, in what area, I maybe don't know. So, I got up the other day, and my family, well, actually, it was me and Diana and Lauren and Jordan. We met them for lunch in Louisville, and we sat down in a restaurant, and the lady seated us. I didn't think a thing about it. Didn't dawn on me at all. I sat down to eat, and the lady that seated us, after about 10 minutes, she came over back to the table, and she said, aren't you Pastor Jacobs? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, well, I'm, you know, and then it dawned on me when she said that. But I said, you're the girl from Venezuela who used to come to my church. Yeah. And I moved down to Miami, and now I'm back. And, and so she got from Diana the address of the church to come back, you know. <laughs> and so, so we went ahead and ordered our food, and we had a guy waiter, and he waited on us, did a great job. And he came back, and he said he'd been over a minute, and he goes, uh, so-and-so, your bill was, you know, sex amount of dollars. She paid two-thirds of it. She paid $40 for your bill. Hallelujah. Somebody's anointed to help me. Now, I had the money. We had the money, but here was somebody. And we didn't ask, we didn't, weren't asking for any discount, preacher's discount or nothing. We just eating our lunch. But I, but I had helped her, you know, years ago, different things. And a pastor's daughter. She's a pastor's daughter from Venezuela. Hallelujah. I just tell you, see, I'm living by faith. I didn't. I, I never dreamed that I'd run into that person because I was all I knew. They were down in Miami somewhere in Florida living now and so forth and so on. See, and here we go. It's not about somebody doing something for me. It's about my faith saying, Father, I just thank you today. Somebody's anointed to help me. And most of all, you're helping me. And I'm going to live by faith today. Anybody getting a hold of that? I'm going to command my mind how to think. I'm going to command my body how to function. I'm going to... Hallelujah. Now the just shall live by faith. You heard me say, you've heard me say, those of you who know me well, you've heard me say hundreds of times, I think about my faith every I don't let I don't let myself just wander, like my brain just check out for a week and say, "Well, I'm on vacation. I'm not gonna fool with this." Oh gosh, you just opened yourself up to the devil. You're liable to end up with ten arrows in you before you can move here. <laughs> you don't do stuff like that. 
Now, you know, I'm not thinking about warfare all the time either, but, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't act like that and talk like that because that's nonsense. You're living, in a, you're living in a spirit world, and you're a threat to the devil. You want to keep him pushed back, not him pushing you. You keep him pushed back. Maybe I talk about that tomorrow. I don't know. We're just talking about using your faith. Remember, we're delivered from every evil work. But what I'm saying is every day I'm thinking about my faith. Now, if I begin to let this thought prevail in my mind, how's that going to affect my faith? And am I going to feel sour about something if I allow that to prevail? i got to correct myself. I correct myself and say, no, I'm not going to think like that. I forgive. I forgive everybody of everything. Even if they're wrong, I'm still going to forgive. I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be smart aleck about. It. I'm just going to say it in my own prayer time, my own thought life, heart life, and just going to walk in love. I'm going to walk by faith today. I'm going to do what I need to do. Praise God. Am I making sense here? You get. You keep yourself in faith because you're going. To, it says here the just shall live by faith. Not just. Now, I have encouraged you to have a faith project because if you don't, you won't ever have a target. You just run around talking about all the faith you got and nothing's working. That's kind of silly. No, you need targets, but I'm trying to make you even more intimate with your faith. Your faith is a tool, and you got to think about it every day. What enhances it? What diminishes it? How's it released? How's it built? It's built by hearing the Word of God and mainly going to be built by hearing you say the Word. Feeding on good material that feeds your faith and so forth. It says, if any man draw back, look at this, verse 38. My soul, God says, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Well, I don't want that to be me, and I don't want that to be you. I don't want to draw back. Do you know how many people that I have pastored over the years, or at least attempted to? <laughs> A whole lot more than sitting out here tonight. And I see them years later, you know, and some of them don't even go to church anymore. Just when I ask them where do you go to church, and they got to fumble around for more than three seconds, they're, they're just they're just coming up with some make believe deal. Oh, I, I I go over here. I say well, over there. Who's the pastor? I don't let them get away that easy. Who's the pastor? Honey, what's that pastor's name? Help me here. I'm I'm drowning. Pastor, you still don't have a pastor, so now you're just all messed up, scattered. If my soul, if I draw back from my faith, God won't have pleasure. Yeah, I used to believe all that stuff you believe, Pastor Jacob, and I tried it. You didn't believe what I believe. Bet you, you believe something. No, I've worked it, and I've, I've gotten in derailments periodically and missed it, but that's I missed it. God didn't miss it. My faith works perfect, but I, I messed up something because it didn't work correctly for me. But I never take an attitude towards the Word that it didn't work for me. You're about to sabotage your whole life by saying stuff like that and thinking that it didn't work. You think it didn't work for the migraine. When you get cancer, if you get it, you're going to be in a heap of trouble. 
we got we keep our thinking straight here about our faith. Our faith is precious. The Bible says it's precious. It's holy. And holy doesn't mean it's weak. Holiness can stand up to anything. And make whatever's standing up to it kneel down before it. <laughs> you know, the strongest people I know are holy people. And those are the people that's got some resilient strength on the inside of them. Hallelujah. Well, I'm not quite done with this. Let's look at it again. Now, the just shall live by faith, and if any man draw back my soul, God says, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, and the word there is destruction. We're not like those who draw back to destruction. But we are those that believe to the saving of the soul, which which kind of goes along with James chapter 1, where it says they were born again. He called them brethren, but their souls needed saved. In other words, if you persevere with your faith, eventually your mind gets renewed to a degree that it agrees with your spirit. Or your soul gets saved. Your mind gets renewed and starts agreeing with your spirit instead of with your body or your carnal mind. Well, did you get anything tonight? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Brother Jordan, I want to pray for you. Come up here, please. Jonah, I'd like to pray for you.